you've you've loved me and Jonathan while we've been here, man. It's been sweet to fellowship with you all, and I appreciate you. So glad to have you here. Thanks, man. Thank you. Let me pray for us, and then uh, we'll, we'll dive in to, uh, I'll, I'll do a quick intro for some folks, and then we'll just make our way through uh, Hebrews chapter 1 today will be the goal, looking at the supremacy of Christ. And uh, hey, Ricky, uh, I think I'm going to, I'm going to go with uh, Hebrews chapter 2 this morning. I think I told you Hebrews chapter 8 yesterday, so I don't want to freak you out uh, when I get up to preach this afternoon. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm just going to just flow. I mean, I should have texted you last night, but it was, yeah. Sweet. Thank, thank you so much for your kindness and flexibility there. All right, let me pray for us. Uh, Father, you are a good, good Father. You love us uh, far better, Lord, than we can love ourselves, far better uh, than we love one another. Uh, Lord, your kindness supersedes anything that we could think or imagine, and for that, uh, Father, we adore you. We adore you for your splendor and for your majesty and for your dominion and for your power and your might, and we adore you for your saving grace In each of our individual lives, we adore you, Father, because you are worthy to be praised, worshiped, and adored. You have shown yourself true in each of our lives, Father, and I do ask right now that as we make our way through reading through the Holy Scripture this morning, Father, that you would show us more of you, that I'd simply be used as a tool, uh, Lord, as a tool of your grace and of your mercy, uh, just diving in and and trying to further explain the things that you left in us in in your marvelous letters to us, Lord. We confess our sins already this morning, things we've thought and said uh, that would surely separate us from you, Father. But because of the shed blood of your Son, we get to walk in unity and oneness and be atoned. So we're thankful for that, Lord. So give me clarity in teaching. Give me excitement, Father. Give me joy. Uh, Let this passage just be sweet, uh, Father, to all of us this morning. And we'll be careful to give you all praise and all glory. This prayer I ask in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, so uh, in, in under one minute, I'm Kevin Jones from uh, Ohio. Uh, I serve as a lay pastor, as, as, a, as, an, as an elder at St. John Missionary Baptist Church in Springfield, Ohio. That's 15, 20 minutes right outside of the Dayton area. And so if you're thinking like, where is Springfield? Uh, people in Ohio love their towns. I just tell people I live in Dayton because I'm 20 minutes from the Dayton airport. It just makes sense that I live in Dayton. And you all like that, except when I say that in Springfield, everybody's mad and say you don't live in Dayton, you live in Springfield. So if you see anybody from Springfield, tell them that I said I'm from Springfield. Can y'all do that for me? Okay, sweet. Thank you. Everybody else is all good with it. Uh, born and raised in Louisville, Kentucky, and just moved to Ohio a few years ago, served as, uh, on faculty at Cedarville University and create, uh, take great delight in the work that I do. They're training teachers and social workers to be the hands and feet of Christ. And I do some work with the Gospel Project, and the Lord has been faithful uh, to allow me to do that as well. I have three kids, uh, three children, uh, and been married to my high school sweetheart now 20 years. We've been together 24 total years. I was a senior. She was a sophomore in high school when we met. Kennedy's 14, Kevin's 13, Carson is 10. Like that's, that's my, that's a snapshot of my life, uh, right there. And this morning, I've been making my way, pers- my personal study uh, has been in, in, has been in the book of Hebrews over the last, uh, since about June of last year, just kind of, you know, I've been going back and forth just trying to look and just check through, uh, and just and not, not checking, but allowing Hebrews just to massage my heart. My wife and I are working through 1 Corinthians. And so just kind of pray to like, what, what do I teach? What do I do? And I mean, you, you know, the, you, y'all know the Lord is sovereign, right? He is always moving, always working. And, uh, and so I, I get here and they're like, Hey, what are you preaching? And we we're trying to figure that out before I came. 
and uh, and the fact that you all will be settling in on the transfiguration today and how that how the Lord has just seamlessly worked through what I'm teaching this morning and my preaching and the songs being sang and all those things are just Lord is just good. And if you haven't seen him working your life in just small ways like that, then oh, man, you, you will at some point. But I trust that that you all have seen him do that. And so this will not be like a sit and get. So uh, I expect <clears throat> I'll ask you all some questions and I really want you to be engaged. We'll use our Bibles uh, this morning. I'm sure you have them. And so uh, I want you to talk back to me a little bit as we seek to engage one another this morning. So I say, hey, what do you think about that? I, that's, that's not a rhetorical question. I'm really asking what you think about that. And I'll wait until we get an answer uh, before I move on. I'm also going to ask you to think deeply about the way the Lord has blessed you and kept you this morning. And I'll also point to in Hebrews chapter one, like 20 ways I think Jesus Christ is better. And so if you're taking notes, uh, we'll do a little fun dive into Hebrews chapter one. For the sake of the hearers, I'll read all of Hebrews chapter one this morning, and then we'll plow through. Any questions so far on what I hope to accomplish with us over the next uh, 36 minutes? Any questions? Any questions about my personal life or what I do for a living? Are my dogs exasperated by a skunk last week, and so that's like been the going thing in the Jones household right now. I'm trying to figure out like how. I'm, how listen, I'm not like a, a skunk guy, and so I'm like, how are we going to catch these skunks? We have this little neighborhood chat group, and everybody's trying to figure out what they're going to do with the skunks, and so. Uh, just pray for me and my family because evidently when it rains, the, 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 the stink comes up out of the dogs for all over again. People are nodding their heads like, yeah, that's the thing. And so my wife is like, there's stink all over again. And so, yeah, so pray for us as I get back to Ohio. That's what's on my mind this morning outside of Hebrews. <clears throat> Skunks. There's a sermon in there somewhere, but not today. Here to the word of the Lord. I'm reading out of the NIV version of Hebrews chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. Now, my point today is Jesus is better. And so as we're reading through Hebrews chapter one, it's like, see if we can indicate through our reading, like reasons that we see in Hebrews chapter one, that Jesus is better. All right. I'll hold you to that. The sun is the radiance of the of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say? You are my son. Today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, let all God's angels worship him. And speaking of the angels, he says, he makes his angels, spirits and his servants, flames of fire. But about the son, he says, your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. Listen, they will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment. They will be changed, but you remain the same. 
and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Question, are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? And so the Hebrew writer is pointing at a few things, particularly in, in the book of Hebrews. And I'll, I'll spend a few minutes chatting, then I, I want to hear from you in a moment. So the Hebrew writer is pointing to, and nobody knows who wrote the book of Hebrews, just for some context there. Uh, some say uh, Priscilla or Aquila, some say Paul, some argue Luke. Uh, we'll figure that out when we get to heaven. Or if you want to have a scholarly discussion or debate, then that's just one of those things you can discuss outside of Sunday school and say, hey, let's just get all, see what all the commentary say about who wrote the book of Hebrews and then just trust that nobody knows and we'll, we'll figure out when we get to, when we, <laughs> when we get to heaven. People, people spent their life, their lives trying to figure out who wrote it. I'm like, God wrote it through his sovereign hand and had somebody pin those marvelous letters, uh, to us. Um, but the right, the Hebrew writer is pointing to a few things. Like one, Jesus Christ is better than angels in Hebrews chapter one. Now, why do you think, like, so like put your Old Testament hat on for a moment. And so now I just want you to think for a moment, like, what are some of the things that we know that angels did in the Old Testament? Because now the Hebrew writer is is, is saying he's not belittling the angels at all, but he's simply saying Jesus Christ is better than the angels. Now, what are some of the things that you maybe have learned in Sunday school, you're realizing in your own Bible study, that angels have done in the Old Testament? Let's just talk about them for a moment. Floor is open. Some of the things. Raise your hand for me and then tell me your name so I know who I'm talking to. Yes, sir. Thanks, Paul. Paul, did you write Hebrews? Just kidding. Okay. Okay, I'll then. Right. Okay. So, so angels are messengers. I said, hey, but Jesus is a better messenger than the angels. Any other particular places in scripture where we see angels like at work in the Old Testament? Yes, sir. Thanks, Justin. In any particular city come to your mind right now? Yeah, that's it. Angel so Sodom and Gomorrah, boom. Angel come through, clean house. So, so the Hebrew writer said, hey, Jesus is better than that. Okay, what, what other Old Testament examples where Jesus is better? Yes, sir. My name is Daniel. Thanks, Daniel. Did you write Hebrews? No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, Daniel chapter 10. Yeah. You have uh, the sort of cosmic war that's taking place where you yeah. have uh, the angel Michael. Yeah, angel Michael. Uh, Persia? There you go. I got you. I was, yeah, yeah. Fight through the principle. It's quoted again in Jude, right? So Jesus is better than that. Why, what, why else? What else have, have, did angels do? Yes, sir. Yeah, Brady. Yeah. Right, right. So, so angels come down and they're, and they're constantly engaging human beings and they're like, hey, Jesus is, Jesus is better than that. That's great, man. I mean, so angels come through. And wipe out 147, 150,000 people in the twinkling of an eye because that's what angels do. Angels show up and they, they, you know, in Jesus Christ or an angel or something that resembled an angel or resembled God himself shows up in the fiery furnace. So we have all these indications. Ricky, Pastor Ricky, go ahead. Go ahead. My bad. I, 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 I went on. Well, blow, blow up right now. Let, let us have it, Ricky. Go ahead. Right. Right. And then, uh, he was all freaked out. Elijah was like, yes. I just got chills thinking through that. Clang those jars. Angels are there. It's like, we're out of here. <laughs> That's what angels do. And so the Hebrew writer is not minimizing angels at all. 
what he's saying is Jesus Christ is better than that. Jesus Christ is better than 150,000 angels that show up to produce. Like, what? Jesus is better. So the Hebrew writer also points to, like, Jesus is better than Melchizedek later on in Hebrews. Like, why would he say that? And maybe you remember uh, the Old Testament in the Old Testament, like, you know, they're, they're, they're giving a tenth of the offering to Melchizedek. The Hebrew writer also says that Jesus is, is better than Moses. Like, wh- why would the Hebrew writer have to say, like, Jesus is better than these people? Not minimizing them, simply pointing to the supremacy of Jesus Christ is what the Hebrew writer is doing. So even as we work through uh, this language of angels and the language of, you know, uh, of like, what did Jesus say to the angels? I mean, what did God the Father say to the angels? And what did God the Father say to his son? I think we have to categorize. We're not minimizing. It actually exalts Jesus more when you think about the mark marvelous work of angels. And so here we are. Is there a question back there, Glenn? No, you scratching your head. Glenn, don't move again. Because if you move, because Ricky, I thought he was just saying hi to me and evidently he had something to say. So you move, you get called on. Okay. All right. So, so Jesus Christ is, is better. Question. How has Jesus Christ been better in your life? Like this is the time we get to reflect on how sweet Jesus is, is to us. I ain't always been saved. Right? I grew up in West Louisville in, in the midst of chaos and nonsense and drugs and alcohol and stealing and all kind of stuff. And whatever I tried, Jesus Christ has always been better than all those things. So just think for a moment in your own personal life, where you come from. You don't have to tell anybody right now. You can, you can surely like just praise God for it. If you want to say Jesus Christ is better than this, it's all good. But what has Jesus Christ been better than in your life? Sister wants to share. Go ahead. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> he can hold it down. That's good. So even in the absence of our biological parents. Jesus is better. Anybody else want to share how Jesus has just been better? Now, this is part of sharing hurt in our own lives, which I think is good for us. And it shows us how beautiful God is if we can say Jesus Christ was better than the mess I used to love. Right? It's like, like putting him, raising him up, lifting him up, putting him on the right, on the pedestal that he, that he is due. Now, be careful when you go back and look because Satan loves to steal, kill, and destroy. And he'll kind of keep you there. But Jesus Christ is better. Anybody else want to share something that Jesus Christ is better than? Yes, sir. Yeah. That's right. Jesus Christ is bigger than our medical problems. What else? Anything else? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Hey, he is just better. He is just better. Let's look at Hebrews chapter one, a little bit more now. So it says in the, in the, uh, in the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets and in many times and in various ways. And in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. And so clearly, uh, God the Father is saying, I utilize other means to communicate. But now I'm sending my son and Jesus himself even gives parables about, you know, you know, the, the you know, the, uh, the, the ruler sends out his servant and they steal the servant and they kill another servant, they kill another servant. He says, I'll send my son. They'll listen to him. and They don't even listen to him. But Jesus comes to speak to us 
And if you want to hear how he is better, here's one of the key things that I hope you take away from us uh, from our time together today. You have to read the scripture. You only know Jesus is better if your face is in the Bible. How do we know he's better? Because we're reading the scripture alongside the things that are taking place in our lives. We're reading scripture alongside the things that have taken place historically. Okay. A- any questions so far before before I transition to an- another little section? Anybody else want to share any insights on how Jesus is better? Our passage in the Old Testament where we see Jesus is better. Any- anything else? Any other thoughts? We only have 20 minutes left. I feel like I'm being chased by time. My ent- Every time I stand, I feel like time is against me. Don't tell my wife I said something about time. She always says, don't talk about time, but I can't help it. And let's, let's look at, at the first uh, five, four verses right now. We deal with a bunch of chaos in our life right now. And a lot of people say that Jesus Christ is not better. A lot of individuals, a lot of organizations, a lot of People say that there are far better things than Jesus Christ, and he is not who he says that he is. And one of the reasons I really like Hebrews is that Jesus is, is, is that the writer is telling us through the words how far better Jesus Christ is. Let's just look at the first four verses right now to give a defense for why we think, why we know that Jesus Christ is better. Are there any indications you see that point to the supremacy of Jesus Christ in the first four verses? Anything you see, oh yeah, this, this right here shows us that, that Jesus is better. Glenn, which, what do you see? Okay, I think those are two different things there, Glenn, but thank you. Glenn gave us two. Number one, he is the radiance of the glory of God. Like he is better than anybody else because he is the radiant. He radiates, he illuminates. He is the glory of God. When Jesus Christ himself is talking to Philip and he's saying, hey, you show me the father. He's like, dude, you, if you've seen me, you've seen the father. Jesus Christ is the is the radiance of the glory of God, and he is also the exact imprint of God. We see that in Genesis 1 and Ephesians 1 and in John 1. He is God. He is God. So as people are saying Jesus is not God and they are not the same and Jesus Christ is small and a timeout, our word, which is our final authority, says that he is the exact imprint of God and that he is the radiance of the glory of God. Anything else we see? In those first few verses. Yes, sir. He's the, oh, that makes me want to jump. But I may pull a hammy or something. He is the heir of all things. Where else do we see like Jesus being the heir of all things in scriptures? And what does that even mean? He's the heir of all things. So that's two questions there. It's a horrible way to ask questions. Let me ask one and let me ask the other. What does he, what does it mean by he's the heir of all things? What does that even mean? Or is it an analogy that's clear in our, in our, in our, in our human lives where we understand what, it, what an heir actually is? What is an heir? Yeah, somebody who receives something that's, that's passed down to them. Right? I pass away. My kids, I, mean, I have life insurance and they get my 93 Chevy. Hope my son treats it right. I love, I listen, I love, oh, I'm telling you, I'm 30 years old this year and I'm happy about that. So, uh, believe it or not, Pastor Kevin loves loud music. I have four, I have four twelves and big old rims on that. Like that's how, that's the way I like to ride. Uh, don't judge me. It's a West Louisville thing and probably California too. But it's the thing. He's gonna get, he's gonna get the Chevy. Some people say like, why would he even want the Chevy? Like that's the question I ask myself when I read the scripture that says he is the heir of all things. You know what question I ask myself? Why would he want me? Like you want good stuff. Right, right. You want to be heir of good stuff, like, like don't, don't, don't give me 
the, the plastic box with nothing in it. Like, I, I don't like that's how I see myself. Like, why would why would he want me when it says the heir of all things? But he has purified us. He has made us new. We have suffered with him. We have been broken. We have been perplexed. And when we don't give up, he says, I want you. So because we're sustained through the power of God, he says, I am the heir of all things. And both in Thessalonians and Revelation, it tells us he will make all things new. And you know what? I don't know if you've ever felt wanted before, ever felt desired before. Christ loves you. He wants you. He desires you. And he's the heir of all things, which includes you. That makes my heart so glad. He's the heir of all things. I got stuck there. I don't want to get stuck there. I have like 17 other things that I think are good. But he's the heir of all things. We see also in Hebrews chapter 8 that he's the heir, he's the heir of all things. Joint heirs is what, is what Romans 8 tells us. Joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Like, listen, y'all know y'all like stinky siblings and y'all don't serve well with your parents and cousins, right? And he picks us. I'm like, why would you want to like be my friend at all, God? Why would you let me join in the party with you? But he loves us enough that he calls us joint heirs. Okay, I want, I'll stay out of my own family life and yours too, but, uh, I'll, I'll move on now. Any, any other, any other indications in those verses? He's the son. We see that in verse two. He's the heir of all things. We see that in verse two. We see that he's the radiance of God glory, God's glory in verse three. We also see he is, he's the exact imprint in verse three. What else do we see in verse three that I think is just awesome? What, what's, what's another indicator there? What's another indicator? Somebody other than Daniel. Okay, go ahead. Ain't that crazy? That don't blow y'all's mind. He upholds the universe. And he loves us. <laughs> That's sweet. He upholds the universe. So as we think through young men and, and some of us that are still in school, like how was the earth created? What are these transitional things that took place? Like Big Bang this or theory that. It's just like, no, we read in the Bible that it's our final authority that it is Jesus Christ who upholds the universe. Not just the earth, right? But the planets that have yet to be discovered. He upholds the entire universe by the power of his word. I can barely get my kids to follow all of my directions and instructions. I'm not a wayward father. I deal with frivolous. I deal with that pretty quickly. But I'm like, hey, go do these four things. What? Kevin comes back. He's a 12-year-old boy. They're all, how old are you guys? You're 12? Oh, man. (laughs) I won't say any crazy things about young boys then. Say it again. You're older. (laughs) <laughs> see, here's what I deal with. You see, like, I'm older, I'm taller, you know, you, you stink, you're stinkier. Well, listen, this is what they, this is what they do. I can barely get him to follow a few directions. But Christ is speaking things into existence and he's upholding all of us, including the universe, by, his, by the power of his word. That's good news for us. Like, that's the king we serve. That's the God we worship. Okay, and it, there's, there's another not only that, we see in verse in verse three. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sister. That's it. That's where I was going. Give her a round of applause. Tell me your name, friend. What's your name? 
Fiona, thank you. He makes purification. Hey, listen, your sin stinks and it separates us from the love of God. We could just right now begin to write down all of our sins. We could have a write down all your sins party. And whatever, whatever sin you have committed or that you will commit this afternoon or that you will commit next week, he has made purification for your sin. There is no other created being or God that's a little G God that like makes these claims. Jesus Christ is better because he makes purifications for sins. And that's that's our greatest need. There, there are a bunch of little things going on in our lives right now. I have a hundred that I got to give you right now where I need God to like show up yesterday, please. But my greatest need is purification for sins. That's my greatest need. I need my dogs not to smell like skunks. I need, my, I, need, I need Kevin to come to know the Lord. I need like for my wife and I to flourish in marriage ministry. I need, I need my mother who's a Jehovah's Witness to come to know Christ. I need all those things in my life. My greatest need is for purification of my own sin. And that's what he gives us. Let's just count right now the few reasons that Jesus Christ is better. Number one, he is the son of God. Number two, he is the heir of all things. Number three, he is the radiance of the glory of God. Number four, he is the exact imprint of God. Number five, he upholds the universe. Number six, he makes purification for sins. Number seven, he is the heir of all things. So in five short, four short verses, four short verses, we get seven reasons that Jesus Christ is better. And so as a defense of our faith, as we go out and share the gospel with people at the local groceries and coffee shops and they ask you, like, why Jesus is better? Just flip to Hebrews chapter one. When, you, when the kids are asking you all the school, whether you're in a Christian school or public school, I don't know where you go to school, homeschool, whatever you're doing. Just say, hey, here's the reason that Jesus Christ is better. Because he is. He is better. Any other insights or reflections on the first few verses of Hebrews chapter one? I simply want you to leave here knowing that Jesus Christ is better. I mean, that's what the writer wanted you to know. I'm just trying to hopefully rightly articulate what the writer was hoping we'd be talking about today if he shows up or she shows up, whoever it is. Anything? Anything else? Yes, sir, Daniel. Uh, in verses one and two, you have a really cool contrast between. So, long ago, God spoke to your fathers by the prophets, and then now to us, right? So, as opposed to then, it's yep. now, as opposed to your fathers, it's us. And opposed to the prophets, it's his son. Yep. And so you see all this, Jesus is better. And then that first statement is, the people before you had this great thing, and now you have something even better. Man. So I think that's just a really powerful, powerful way to It is. It's like exchanging a snicker bar for a warm cinnamon roll. <laughs> right? It's just like, evidently I'm hungry. Snickers satisfied, right? It's just like, yeah, Snickers are good. How many of y'all love cinnamon rolls? It's like, but a warm cinnamon roll with a, oh man, it's so much better. So much. Y'all know it is. Y'all know it is. Okay, all right. Let me, let me move on before we get hungry. So now the writer transitions. Now the writer has laid out the case of why Jesus Christ is better. We've talked a little bit about angels. Now let's just, let's just look at some of the, some of the, some of the implications of the sun being far superior to angels as laid out in the scripture. And what I love about the Hebrew writer is that the Hebrew writer borrowed from the only, the, the only word that they would have had, which would have been the Old Testament. And so here's my case today that you continually read the Old Testament in your life. 
Uh, some of us are like New Testament Christians, and now, now there are some uh, portions of the New Testament you're reading through Philippians and Colossians that just that just land a whole lot easier than Second Chronicles and Obadiah and Amos. I get it, but we cannot ignore. We only can we can only appreciate or have a better appreciation for for the New Testament when we have when we are when we are in and when we are we are saturated by the Old Testament of Scripture. Let's just point to some indications here. Now again, where he's not belittling the angels. He's simply pointing to why Jesus Christ is better. Okay, here's what he doesn't say to the angels. Here's a question that I that I read. What what do people in today's society think about angels? I want to jump here, but I'm going to pause here for three three or four minutes, and then we'll we'll move forward. What, what do people think about it? Like, what do you hear about angels in in your own in your own life? Or what have you heard about angels that you now know is wrong? Because there's a whole bunch of stuff that I hear about angels. That just ain't right at all. Yes, sir, Paul. Yeah. <laughs> Friendly. <laughs> they are warriors. They are warriors. So maybe we have this, this soft, I, and I can see them in my head now. They have like white wings and they're floating around on the front of a little chocolate covered heart thing for Valentine's Day. It's like, that ain't the angel I read about in Ezekiel chapter one. Are the, okay, all right. I'm, I'm listening to you all now. That's, that's great. What else have we heard about angels or that maybe some misconceptions of angels? Yes, ma'am. Fiona. Thank you. Yeah, that's good. And there's some truth to that. We're going to see that in verse 14. That, hey, there's some truth to angels. And I think we forget that. Like, we don't battle against flesh and blood. And I ain't, and, and, but the scripture says, hey, they are, I'm jumping the gun a little bit here now. Verse 14 says they are ministering spirit stuff. Where else do we see angels minister in the scripture? Because they're sent to minister to us. But where's a clear indication that angels actually literally minister to people in times of grief and chaos? Where? Somebody other than Paul, somebody other than somebody who's already talked. I got three guys like now. They're chiming up now. I love you. You too. I love you too. I love you too, Paul. Where else do we, where else do we see angels like serving? That's good. So they come quickly to Jesus, right? In the 40 days, they, they come to minister to him. Yes, sir, taller. Because you're taller. Tell me your name, man. Jake. Go ahead, Jake. That's right. They, they go and they take her. Hey, Mary, don't worry. They tell, they, tell, they tell their husband, don't worry, don't be afraid. And you can still marry her. That, 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 that's ministering when angels give direction like, hey, you think this is bad? And they just come and say, it ain't as bad as you think, dude. You're going to be really happy to be this kid's father. You know, it's like, yes, I win. I'm the dad of the who has to do little. Uh, no, no. Hey, listen, there's a fabulous sermon because Joseph was a fabulous father. Uh, uh, preached at Southern Seminary. Oh, man, what is this? Oh, it'll come to me. When it comes to me, I'll tell you the name where he talks to just how awesome uh, Joseph was as a dad. What, what other times do we see like angels ministering? Just awesome examples. There's one in my, there's one in my head. Uh, yes, sir, Sam, go ahead. There you go. Pretty down and hungry. Elijah's like, hey, I need some angels. Saying, we got you. Stand up. Jesus Christ in the garden of Gethsemane. He's like, Lord, is there, if there, is there any other way? Is there any other way? And angels go and minister to him. And so there's some misconceptions. Yes, sir. That's cool. Because they were about to go the other way and be dead. 
And the angel's like, nope, don't do that. Let, let us take, let us give you some insult. Let us take, let us take care of you. Great. Final, Jake, and then we'll move forward. Right. Yeah, that's right. So that's exactly right. At the end of Luke 4, like those angels, they come, Satan is tempting him, and they come and say, angels like, we got you. So there's some, there's some misconceptions. I mean, I've heard that, you know, when we die, we like turn into angels. Like that's the thing. Like we're gonna, we're gonna turn into angels. Angels are like watching over you get your angel wings. I mean, you, I mean, listen, I've, I've lost a lot of friends, I mean, you know, and family members. And it's like, yeah, you see t-shirts with angel wings. I'm like, no, you don't, you don't die and get angel wings. It's not the case at all. Right. You die and you get judged. And I either you, you fold up. Never mind. Okay. I was going to get into first Corinthians, but I'll just carry on now because we have like seven minutes of time left. So, so the scripture is pointing to. Hey, there, there's, there's some reality to what angels do, which is minister to us. And you all have given like seven or eight examples. And then I'm going to jump the gun here a little bit to 14, verse 14. And then I'm going to back up uh, to some other verses. Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? And so, and so in, in a sense, like we have angels that are ministering to us. And I ain't trying to be spooky or un- unbiblical, but I'm just reading what the text says. And you've given textual examples. And we don't battle against flesh and blood. We get that. So... Scripture says, are they not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve all of us who will inherit? They have a purpose, but they are not better than Jesus. <laughs> That's what the writer is saying. They have a purpose, but they're not better than Jesus. Let's explore some of these, God bless you, some of these Old uh, Testament passages now. So now the Hebrew writer is pulling back. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Like that. That's a pull there from, from Psalms. Then the writer says, I will be his father and he will be my son. That's again, God, the father speaking on behalf of who Jesus Christ will be. And again, when God brings his firstborn, we've talked about bringing the firstborn into the world. He says, let all the angels, let all God's angels worship him. And so angels fall prostrate, worshiping the Lord. We see this again in Revelations chapter four, right? Crowns fall into the floor, angels worshiping God because angels are worshipers of God. They are not of God the Son. They are not better than God the Son. They're good, they're powerful, they're strong, they're mighty, but Jesus Christ is better. Okay, I'll close with this and then we can have maybe two or three minutes of of Q&A. Here's your homework for tomorrow if you're just bored today. Uh, Because I don't have time to go through all these things right now. I think homework is fun. Uh, At least useful in some context. Just make your way through like verses 5 to 14 on your own time uh, when you're sleeping or riding or listening to whatever you listen to do your your study. And just see if you can make indications of reasons that the Hebrew writer points to that Jesus Christ is far better. He is far better. The writer tells us that uh, a couple of things that I think are just absolutely uh, amazing uh, is, is Christ's sustainability. We see this in verses 10 uh, through, 13, uh, through 13. He laid the foundation of the earth. That's one of the indications that he's better. <laughs> he laid the foundations of the earth. And then he also will like roll them up like a garment. And so for those of us who are like heavy laden and burdened today, and you're just dealing with whatever kind of grief you're dealing with or whatever kind of joy you're dealing with today, I suspect that because life is tough, that there, are, that there are highs in our lives or lows in our lives. But the scripture tells us in verse 12, verse 11 and 12, they will perish, but Jesus Christ remains. They were out. And but the indication there is that Jesus Christ remains like an old garment. They're probably old garments that you probably need to throw away from college or our work, our job. You, did, you quit 10 years ago. I struggle with that. I have some KSU t-shirts and track paraphernalia that I just struggle to give up. <laughs> They're completely wore out. 
but I'm going to hold on to them just a little bit longer. I actually have a box of stuff and a folder in my house, and, on, and it's labeled stuff I should probably throw away, but I'm going to keep a little bit longer. <laughs> so then when my wife sees it, the, the answer is already there, right? It's like, I should probably throw these things away. A husband, I don't know how I, maybe the box could be already in the garbage, who knows? So, but I have that. But all those things wear out. We also see in verse 12, he will roll them up like a robe. Like you think about how, uh, how massive, how big, how powerful God is to just roll up the heavens and the earth and make all things new. I like struggle to like fold up clothes. Like Kevin, you should be old enough to know how to fold those things, right? It's like you ever try to get a sleeping bag into it? Oh, my goodness. They are the worst things to roll up. Glenn is like, he feels me. I can't roll up a sleeping bag. God has the power to roll up the heavens and the earth and make all things new because he's better. And we're reminded that he sits at the right hand of the Father. Okay, we have a few minutes just to engage. And this, this is a quick overview of why I think Jesus Christ is better. Maybe one of those reasons are more uh, set better in your heart than another. But there any questions about anything we can just chat about for a few minutes? Are there any questions about something that I said? Sometimes I misspeak because I, I use a bunch of words here. It's like, hey, what did you mean by that? I don't mind clearing that up right now. I want to do that. Or if you just have questions about things that we say. Yes, sir. Normally, I appreciate the chapter and verse divisions in our Bible. They're very helpful. Yeah. But here it's kind of <laughs> distracting because really his thought continues on in the chapter two where he says, therefore, <laughs> pay close attention to what you heard. Don't let it slip away from you. In other words, this is important stuff. Don't you got that. And that's why I'm preaching chapter two this morning. <laughs> Literally. You hear that, Ricky? Because I'm reading like, no, 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 no. Like, I just, I just need to carry on. That's why. I'm like, I just, I just can't leave this. So I was going to, if y'all may see in the notes, it's not, it's not Ricky's fault or whoever passes over this. You may see Hebrews chapter eight, but that's what I told him I was going to preach. And then I'm like, no, I just, I just need to carry this thought on because you're right. It's just, it's, it's a distraction. So we'll, we'll carry on today with, with four implications of how, okay. I'm going to preach that in a few minutes. Great observation, brother. What else? Any, any other questions are like, man, things that resonated with you as we were reading? Or maybe you want to share how God, how good God has been in your own life and how he's better. Yes, sir. I, 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 think, I think it can be in some, in some cases. But I, so I think, I think in our context, I think angels are something people just readily understand. I, you know, I think, like, you know, I think the, the goal there is like, what, what is the concept that people can understand as we write? But it can be a distraction. It can be a distraction. I mean, there's, again, Hebrews 1 tells us like he spoke in many times and in many ways. Like he'll speak through a donkey or through a whale, right? And, or he'll speak through storm clouds, through fire. So yes, but Jesus Christ is better than all that, right? It's just like, he's better than every messenger ever. Great point, man. Good. I don't know if I, I think, I think that was a, a hover over answer, a little bit of drop, and then come back out. That's what I, you know, that's the, 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 the sense you got there. Like hover, boom, out. Is that good? No, no, you get it. <laughs> any, any other questions? Here, here are some, here are some reflection questions. Here are some passages that I think could, could be helpful. You can just jot these things down. We just didn't have time to get to them. And then I'm going to pray and, and sit down. So when I hear about like, so when, when I read that Jesus Christ in these last days, he speaks to his son 
my mind, I'm not like a, my mind goes to like, what are the things? I understand that the word is all Jesus Christ's words. But what are things as recorded that he specifically said when he was in the flesh to other individuals? And I found it really, really sweet, like the words that Jesus Christ said in the flesh to other people. I'm like, man, in, in these last days, he's spoken to us through his son. And I'm like, man, he was gentle with children. He was gentle with women. He was gentle with Peter and Paul. Are we talking about the transfiguration. He was gentle with these guys always, which is an indication that we should be gentle. Like, and then he prays. If you want to read like some words of Jesus Christ, like read through John chapter 15, 16, and 17, and just like settle in like in these last days, he has spoken to us through his son. There's so much more I could say about these things, so much more we could probably engage with. But for the sake of our time, I'm going to pray. We're going to have some donuts and coffee, and then we'll be right back here at uh, 1030 to pick up, as our dear brother said, in Hebrews chapter 2, the first four verses. Anything else? Jesus is better. Let me pray. Father, you are better. You're a better father than all of our fathers. If we had good fathers, if we had distracted fathers, if we had fathers we never met, you're better. Your son Jesus Christ is better than anything that we've ever been engaged with in our lives. And we should all be able to testify to that. Your son Jesus Christ is far better than anything we may ever try in our lives. And the power of the Spirit, which is, a, which is a sustaining power, is better than any kind of strength we could find our search for anywhere else. So, Father, as we're challenged in our own personal lives, in our own personal reflections, in our personal doubt, and in the way we evangelize, would you, Lord, allow us to use these as rationales why we believe that your Son, Jesus Christ, is better. Father, give us sweet engagement right now, conversation, in our break time. Father, go before me in teaching and preaching your word here in a few minutes. And we'll be careful to give you all praise. This prayer we ask in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you all so much. Thanks for allowing me to be with you all today. I appreciate you.